It's July the 31st. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. So glad to have you with us. And guess what? Today, we not only end the month of July, but we come to the final two chapters of the amazing letter to the church in Rome. Romans 15 and 16. We'll get to that in just a moment. A, a couple months ago, right around Mother's Day, I got this note. Someone wrote and said, Happy Mother's Day to your wife. Yes, I am behind playing catch up. Anyway, had a rough week at work. And this morning, wow, what a mighty God we serve. That, that particular day, we were reading Psalms 46, 47, and 48. Thank you for pointing out Psalm 48, 14, which says, For this God will be our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. And I pointed out how God had used that at a critical moment when Marlene and I had come to a crisis point uh, in, in my ministry and wondered what the future would hold. God reassured us with this verse, he will be our guide even to the end. These Psalms make me want to humble my face, then dance and shout, for God Almighty is so good. He feeds our soul. Well, I thank my friend for saying that. And this person mentioned Marlene. Well, that gives me a chance to tell you something important. Tomorrow, we start the month of August. And guess what? August the 1st, August the 2nd, August the 3rd, Marlene is going to be here reading the Old Testament book of Esther. Fantastic. What a blessing. Don't miss it. August 1 through 3, Marlene reads the book of Esther. Let's go now to Romans 15. Romans 15 and 16, remembering our basic thought here. Romans is God's good news. It's the gospel for the whole world, first to the Jews, then to the Greeks, for the whole wide world. Remember the outline. Chapters 1, 2, and 3, condemnation. Chapters 4 and 5, justification. Chapters 6 through 8, sanctification, chapters 9 through 11, vindication, and now chapters 12 through 16, it's application, or you could call it consecration. It's how we should live in light of the enormous mercies of God that have been poured out to us through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, in chapter 15, Paul has just finished talking about the weak and the strong. He's going to continue that in chapter 15 and then broaden it out to show how, if we understand God's love and concern, we ought to care about the whole wide world. Let's begin to read Romans 15. Now, we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. Now, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. Therefore, he says, welcome one another. And it's right here now. Right here, we're moving from the strong to the weak. Now we're going to begin to broaden out in Paul's 
thought. This is, this is where we begin to see God's heart, not just for the Jewish people, but for all the people of the world. Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. For I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised, that is, for the Jewish people, on behalf of God's truth, to confirm the promises to the fathers, and so that Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing praise to your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. The Gentiles will hope in him. Now, may the God of peace, may the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. Nevertheless, I have written to remind you more boldly on some points because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, serving as a priest of the gospel of God. God's purpose is that the Gentiles may be an acceptable offering sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to boast in Christ Jesus regarding what pertains to God, for I would not dare say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by word and deed for the obedience of the Gentiles, by the power of miraculous signs and wonders, and by the power of God's Spirit. As a result, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. My aim is to preach the gospel where Christ has not been named, so that I will not build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. That is why I have been prevented many times from coming to you. But now I no longer have any work to do in these regions, and I have strongly desired for many years to come to you whenever I travel to Spain, for I hope to see you when I pass through and to be assisted by you for my journey there once I have first enjoyed your company for a while. Right now, I am traveling to Jerusalem to serve the saints, because Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased and indeed are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual benefits, then they are obligated to minister to them in material needs. So when I have finished this and safely delivered the funds to them, I will visit you on the way to Spain. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ now. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in prayers to God on my behalf. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea, that my ministry to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, and that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed together with you. May the God of peace be with all of you. Amen. And with that amen, Paul has finished the body of the letter to the church at Rome. There's that little note in there. Uh, pray, strive, work hard with me. Pray with me. Pray that I'll be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. He's talking about the Jewish leaders down there who are going to arrest him. And we read about that 
not long ago when we read through the, the book of Acts. I guess what this is telling us, Paul's in Corinth. He has yet to go to Jerusalem, but he knows what is ahead. That helps us, it helps us understand the repeated warnings given through prophets and, and other people. Paul says, in every place I went, they were warning me. Paul took it. He understood it. He knew what was in front of him, yet he went anyway. What a great man he was. Now, let's end up the book of Romans. Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church at Sincrea. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever matter she may require your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many and of me also. Give my greetings to Prisca and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their own necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Eponidas, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia my fellow Jews and fellow prisoners. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord, and greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who are with him. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with him. Greet one another with holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send you greetings. Now, I urge you. Brothers and sisters, watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learn. Avoid them, because such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. The report of your obedience has reached everyone. Therefore, I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who was host to me and to the whole church, greet you. Erastus, the church treasure, the city treasurer, and our brother Quartus, greet you. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God, to advance the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever. Amen. What a book. What a book. We said in the beginning that uh, here we see the gospel made clear. Here we understand the true plight of, of mankind. And here we see the seedbed of all the Christian doctrine. This is, this is where 
This is where Christian doctrine comes from. This is the birthplace of Christian theology. Oh, what an amazing letter. And at the end, now to him who's able to strengthen you, according to the gospel and the proclamation about Jesus, and, and what he's talking about when, he's, when he talks about the mystery kept silent, it's the mystery that God always intended. And he's going to, we're going to get later, not long now, but we're going to get a little later in the year to the book of Ephesians, and Paul's going to develop this in an even deeper way. But the mystery hidden in the past is that God always intended to bring the Gentiles in, and not subordinate to the Jews, but in the body of Christ. It would be Jews and Gentiles together on the same spiritual basis. That's why Paul could go and preach to the Gentiles and say, if you come to Jesus, you can be forgiven, you can be a member of God's family, and not some second-class citizen, but you're brought all the way in. He's the, he's the only wise God. To him be the glory, now and forever and ever. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining with us all the way through this journey. And today, we have finished seven months of our journey through the Word of God. Only five more months to go. Now, once you go out, have a great day. Great day in the Lord. Serve the Lord, the only wise God. To Him be the glory to all we do and say today and forever. And come back tomorrow. Marlene is going to start tomorrow, and we're going to go through over the next three days the amazing book of Esther in the Old Testament. Have a great day. Come back tomorrow. See you then. God bless.